are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. Today, I have a very special episode with one of my longtime friends, Zach Gisario. And I wanted to interview him at one point this season, but I wasn't quite sure when it would fit in and how we could relate the Buffalo Sabres back to the Calgary Flames. But earlier this week, they made the decision to fire their head coach after a very difficult start to their season. So I figured that now would be a fantastic time to have him on and we could talk about all things Buffalo and Calgary. So I hope that you stick around and enjoy this episode. I had a lot of fun talking with Zach and it's always nice when you can talk to other hockey fans and kind of have like a venting session and just kind of lay it all out on the table. And even though you're not fans of the same teams or watch the same teams consistently or anything like that, you can still relate to it and know that your team is not alone in their struggles. But before we jump into the interview, I did just want to say that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. And you guys know that rockauto.com is a family-owned business and you can head on over there now to find all the parts for your car or truck that you will ever need and use uh, there, how did you hear about a section to write in locked on so they know that we sent you? Now, here is my, my time with Zach. All right, you guys. So, today I'm joined by another suffering hockey fan, Zach Jeziero, a fan of the Buffalo Sabres. And I figured now would be a good time to have him on because, just like the Flames, they have made the decision to fire their head coach. Zach, can you just give us a little bit of an overview of this season to start kind of leading up to this decision? You know, I wish I could answer that like confidently, but (laughs) I feel like the firing has been a long time coming. Um, it's, It's way overdue, I should say. I mean, the last 13 games or so have been awful to watch. And right. It's as if, like, they don't want to play anymore. And I actually wrote about this in my article the other day. That I mean, You can check it out on my Twitter. I pinned it to my profile at Zach Jeziero underscore 13. It's as if the players, like, don't want to play for their coaches anymore. Like, they just quit on them. I mean, I get it. I hate Ralph Kruger. Not hate, but I dislike him. And I do wish yeah. him well in his future endeavors. But – at some point, the players need to take accountability for the failures here. Definitely. And I think that I've had a very similar opinion to that with the Flames because it's like you said, if a coach is ineffective at their job and the players can't seem to, you know, get out in front of the game and win, uh, they they don't want to play. It just looks really really sad yeah Uh, no I definitely agree with you yeah and then you know Jeff Skinner is making nine million dollars correct yes he is correct so one of my first observations of 
the Sabres lines was that he was like on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. He was on the fourth line for a while. And then he was scratched. Yeah. I, uh, I like wh- what is what could possibly be the thought process behind that? Honestly, I think Kruger just hated him. I think they had something like else going on that we didn't know about. And you're you're gonna hear him say obviously that no, we didn't have anything going on. You're gonna hear that now right. because obviously. But I really believe it. There's no way that you can pay a guy who's been scoring goals his entire career. Because let's face it, even before like these last two years, he was the one, a great player in the league. Oh, yeah. Put up like 30 or 40 goals. And that's why he signed that big contract a couple of years ago. But I don't get how the mind or the thought process of putting a guy who scores goals for his career or is known to score goals on a fourth line with all due respect to these players, a bunch of guys who don't really score a lot of goals. So right. They're know. just grinders. They're out yeah. there to play minimal minutes. So I'm just not not sure if he don't buy into the system for Kruger, but I do think um they have something going on because after Skinner has scored his first goal against Islanders a couple of weeks ago, it's as if like Kruger gave him like a back a backhand compliment or like try to like get another shot at him. So that's I don't know. That's so upsetting to see because, like, if you're making that kind of money, you've obviously earned it. No team is going to go out there and throw you $9 million if you haven't proven yourself. And, I mean, like, I look at things over here in Calgary when Jeff Ward was still employed, and he, he was scratching Sam Bennett, and there was no real reason for it. And it was just kind of like a big F you to him. And I think that's, you know, I kind of saw that with Skinner and I, I felt for the guy. I feel like you, yeah, you nailed it right there. And when he benched Skinner for like three games, I think he, I think I heard someone say like, that's when they lost a lot or lost Kruger's confidence because, okay, one, the guy, I'm not going to, I'm not making excuses for Skinner. He's obviously been struggling here recently. Um, but one game is fine. Like, you get that. Like, okay. Of course. Two games like, eh, okay, whatever. Three games is like, okay, that's too much, dude. You need Especially, like, three in a row. Yeah. It just, I feel like that is not something you see from any coach. Yeah, exactly. I think that, like you said, I think that, Kruger just kind of did what he wanted to do and he lost the room. You're absolutely correct because that's how it appeared to be here. And I wanted to have you on because I feel like there's so many similarities between the teams in the sense of just not being receptive to their coaching. And there was a defining moment when the teams like washed their hands of them and said, no, like if you're going to bench one of our favorite and like one of the, one of our guys who has a resume that's rather impressive mm-hmm. for three games. Yeah. Like what's your problem? Like, and I think like not even that, like he's playing. So before Eichel went hurt, it was Eichel Olsen and whoever, mm-hmm. but or Ryan or whatever. Um, 
the thing is, like, he's playing like Kyle Oposo and guys like Tage Thompson on the line with Eichel and Skinner still on the fourth line. And I, I will say, Kruger did give Skinner a chance, but he was on for one game. And no, again, no disrespect to Tage Thompson and Kyle Oposo because I obviously root for everyone, every player here in Buffalo. Of course. But they're not good. They're not good players. And you're paying and you're playing them more with the first line than one of the best goal scorers on your team. <laughs> Exactly. And I think that, you know, you're not wrong. And I don't think it's an issue of like disrespect of you saying that because it's kind of like, why are you putting, like, why are you setting up your players to fail in a way? Yeah. Because they're not, if they're not top line caliber players, then they should not be playing on the top line. I get it. You know, experimenting with lines is great, but at some point you just have to say like you have to swallow your pride and say Jeff Skinner get your butt up there because yeah. like I just it doesn't make sense to me and I just think that so much of the issues with any coach in the league is ego yeah and it's just like a oh I'll show you sort of thing but yeah we were talking about uh, Jack Eichel a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And he has, what, two goals on the season? Yeah, two goals. Okay. So, obviously, that is – that's not Jack. That is, no. And is no. it a wrist injury? Is it – So, I'm not sure if you – I'm not sure how much you see Steve's Twitter until like, I had to retweet the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, I turned – so, we obviously knew there was something wrong with Jack. Just like – because – like you said, that was not the same Jack Eichel. No. Like, him scoring goals and making amazing plays. But this year's Jack Eichel has been, like, missing in that a bunch. Doing some questionable stuff. And apparently, when they were training before the season at Harbor Center, it's the rink, like, across from the arena where Sabres play. Apparently, he got a rib injury in a shooting drill. Oh, okay, that's right. I remember seeing that yeah. now. Sorry to interrupt, but before we get too far ahead of the Jack Eichel situation, I did just want to jump in and say, remind you guys to check out BetOnlineAG and use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up for your free account with BetOnlineAG and make your first deposit to use promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus. Make your bets on March Madness, baseball, hockey, you name it, the site's got it. So head on over to BetOnlineAG to check out all of the things you need for sports betting. That is promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Built Bar is also one of our fantastic friends here on the Locked on Flames podcast. They are so generous with their gifts. We have been receiving a lot of packages this year and, you know, with more of the flavors coming to us, the more we can recommend to you guys. And I am still in love with all of their flavors and everything I've tried from them. They have the birthday cake flavor as well and chef's kiss to that. So head on over to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. And we didn't know about it. I mean, we obviously knew, and then he's revealed that he had a shoulder injury or whatever before training camps or whatever you want to call it in this COVID age now. (laughs) Right. Um, but it's clear that he was injured. 
And I mean, I know there's speculation. I know you're probably gonna get to this in a minute. There's speculation that he might want out of Buffalo now, but I'm hoping not because number one, it's let's face it, it's a face season anyways with this COVID protocol now. So it really doesn't, you can't really put a measuring stick on, on right or whatever. The sample size, like there's too many variables that goes that go into it. Yeah, for sure. To make it like it's, I think it's like a legit season, but it's just. Oh yeah, no. There's I'm, just like you know what I mean. There's just too much yeah. that goes into it that factors into why players are having or you know having abnormal seasons. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, like I said, this wasn't the same Jack Eichel. Like we're used to him, like dang, mm-hmm. making people look silly and scoring amazing goals. And it's as if like you know, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously there was something bothering him. Right. But, and then you're just adding, so that injury and then the shoulder injury, and then he had a couple more injuries this season. So I'm saying I know the player he is. I've obviously watched him every single game. You know, he's not, when he comes back, he's going to want to play hockey and that, but we're based on where they are in the standings right now, again, out of playoff spot by, it's only like a couple months into the season. They should just bench him for the rest or just keep him out just for him have, to be like a full goal next season, be fully healthy. Right. So, I mean, obviously, I don't think any of us know the extent of the shoulder injury, but if it's one that requires surgery, you would think that they would get that done sooner rather than later mm-hmm. yeah, and sure. have him ready to go. But again, we don't make these decisions. Yeah, <laughs> we don't get paid. That's why we're here talking it. about yeah, it. Exactly. I say that all the time on this show. I'm always like, okay, like I don't get paid to make these decisions. I'm just yeah. here to yell about them with you. Wish we were, but. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, now, I think the biggest surprise of the Sabres offseason was the signing of Taylor Hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I think anybody would want to have Taylor Hall on their team. However, I think a lot of people are stuck in the early stages of Taylor Hall, and that's who they think that they're getting. Yeah. How how are your how are your feelings when you first heard the news versus now? So obviously when I first signed him. I was ecstatic. I was I was more shocked than I was excited. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, when you face it, talk about the Buffalo Sabres, you one thing comes to mind, and that's losing. Clearly, the last time. I'm sorry. I hate, I'm just being brutally <laughs> honest here. I mean, the last you said it, years, not me. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's true. Um, the last ten years have been awful here. There's no question about that. But when a guy who has and he just recently won the MVP just a couple of years ago too. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I was thrilled. I was, I was excited and shocked that he would choose Buffalo, but it makes sense because when Kruger was in Edmonton, he was also playing for him too. There, when Hall was in Edmonton, Kruger That's was still a coach, right. and obviously, you have Jack Eichel, so it makes sense. Looking at it now, well, let's see. Eichel is out for with an injury, and Kruger has been fired, and. Taylor Hall has, let's face it, he hasn't been a factor either this year. I 
was watching the Bruins game last night against the Sabres, and we'll get into that whole situation in a few minutes, but I completely forgot that he was on the ice. I didn't notice him at all. And it was kind of disappointing because you always talk about, like, who's going to put people in the stands? I mean, obviously not during COVID, but, like, you have a name like Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. You're, Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, and Jeff Skinner are such big names, and I would want to go see them play. Yeah, I would drive yeah, the seven sure. hours across the state to go see them. Like, it's just it's so frustrating. Yeah, to is. not have him live up to that expectation. Yeah, I mean. It's not like he hasn't been doing he's producing. Like he's gotten like the assists and all the points, but okay. he's known for his goal scoring. I feel like mm-hmm. he doesn't have them. I think he's like three or four goals, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I can double check on that. But he's. I thought he was going to be like a that guy who to put us over the next step or take us over the next step. Right. And it's crazy to me because this team does not score a lot of goals with all this talent. I know I get Eichel and Cousins are out. I know Cousins returned to practice today or Dylan Cousins, I should say. But with all these guys, you'd think that they would put up goals. But, I mean, I mean, you watched the Sabres game last night against Boston. They only scored one goal, and that was a fluke. So, well, now, you know what I mean. Right. It just, I am very interested to see you know, if they hire somebody in the off season, if it's going to be somebody who is underqualified for the job within their organization, which is kind of the route the Flames took with Jeff Ward, and we saw how that went. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to take a chance on somebody who has not coached the NHL before, but is more than qualified. Like if they have a former player in mind or if they have, you know, rather than that revolving door of the same four or five coaches, bring some fresh blood in there. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I'm not sure if you heard the recent coaching candidates, but. No, I haven't. um, It seems, I feel like Bruce Boudreau wants to be the coach. He said, he, he pretty much just said it like he wants to coach the Sabres. And it makes sense. Like he lives across the border here in Canada or there in Canada. Yeah. And I know people think like the Sabres are a bad team, which they are. But if you're a coach, you want, I feel like it's an attractive destination because they have those big name players. They and do. I feel like they just want to turn around the franchise as well. But yeah. Um, I, at first, like with Kruger, um, it was a good hire because like he's like that guy who he's like a motivator. Right. But now that I think back on it now, like he was just recently the soccer man, soccer president or, or president mm-hmm. for the soccer team. So I'm like, why have we hired a soccer guy? But I, I get it. He's had, he coached in the NHL and in the um, world cup of hockey, but I hope Kevin Adams takes his time here and he, I'm not sure if you heard a press conference or by chance or any, the other day, but he said, like, I I love hearing this from a GM. He's 
he took accountability. Like he says, we need to be better in all aspects of the game. I need to be better at like managing. We need better coaching, playing, mm-hmm. practicing. It all starts with everything. And as much as I want them to hire like a coach right away, I hope he takes his time at the same time because we they need it. I said like it's time for a culture change. They need a culture change here in Buffalo. It worked with the Bills. It worked with the Bills, and now they're one of the best teams in the NFL now. So, yeah. I definitely – I agree with you, and I think that it's completely acceptable and fair to want that, especially, you know, it's not like it's just been one or two bad seasons and things have kind of gone south, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. And bless your heart, um, I – I'm kind of hoping for their sake and, you know, Buffalo fans sake, as well as the team that they wait a little bit, maybe wait until the season's over until the dominoes start to fall for teams, firing coaches, and they see who's out there that would be the best fit for their team. Now with a culture change, you need somebody who is, going to adapt to your culture but obviously like your players are going to need to adapt to the coaching methods and with Calgary Daryl Sutter came in in their first practice they were they were worked to the bone and I think that it could be a discipline thing for Buffalo and maybe they need to have a stronger work ethic and I mean I don't watch many Buffalo games but Maybe they need that kick in the butt as a no, reminder to be like, hey, you make all this money. You're here to win. Yeah. Get it together. It's funny Brandon practice up for the Flames because Paul Hamilton, he's a series reporter here in Buffalo. And obviously they didn't have practice yesterday because of the COVID yeah. thing going on, which is now an outbreak for, for Boston now. Yeah. So now, yeah, before we get too far into that, uh, Buffalo and – Boston's game have been canceled for tomorrow and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe don't play hockey when there's a COVID positive player on your team. But anyway, right. (laughs) Um, But but so the Sabres practice today for the morning skate and Paul Hamilton said every drill has been speed, top speed and like going to, and someone asked him, like, shouldn't that always be a practice? And this shocked me, but it makes sense. Paul Hamilton said that there hasn't been this much speed at practice since Lindy Ruff was fired. Wow. And that was that was a long time seven, ago. Seven, eight years ago. Yeah. So it make it makes you think like how bad the coaching has been. I mean, I, I get it. Um the first coach was I think Ron Rolston and Ted Nolan. Those were like during like the rebuilding here yeah and so like you you knew that they weren't going to be there for long term they were just trying to write the ship through what was going to be a rough few years little did we know we're still in a rough ship for a few years now <laughs> um but like so like even after nolan like they hired dan biles that didn't work out well they hired phil housley that didn't work out well and then kruger and again didn't work out well so something needs to happen i'm I'm so it's so annoying like having these coaches get hired 
thinking they're going to hire and then wind up gone after one and a half and two years. Yeah. That, it's like clockwork at this point. It's been like that for the last 10 years now. And that is so aggravating. And I'm sure that Calgary fans can speak to that as well because they have gone through, like their core, I think has gone through four or five coaches in like six or seven years. I don't remember specifics, but, you know, I just think that it, it's interesting to see why I want to know why these coaches aren't working out. Is it something they're doing? Is it this, is it the players not responding? Why aren't the players responding? And I I don't know. It just, it makes me think I want to dig deeper into this. Well, like I said, obviously Nolan um, Rolston were just uh, guys just trying to get them through the season because mm-hmm. it was, we didn't have any like big name guys. It was like a bunch of AHLers or Fort Flyers and all that flying for the team. But um, I feel like I go hated Bausma. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you still remember that whole situation where it seemed like I was like the GM. He didn't want Bausma to be the coach there. Yep. And then, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And then Housley, I I guess I can come some slack because that was his first time coaching. And I know he – or being a head coach because I know he was the assistant coach in Nashville. Um, I mean, it started out good, obviously, with the 10-game win streak and then downhill it went after that. And I feel like it's a system maybe because – and Housley, too, like going back to Housley, he was switching lines up every – I don't mean – I'm not being dramatic. Literally, every single practice after a game, it would be a new line every single time. And that's something we've seen here in Calgary as well is like players would be shifted around. You'd see, you know, just players in positions where they shouldn't be and where they won't excel. And then, you know, Daryl Sutter comes in and – they have the same lines for three games, three or four games. They won three of the four and like stability and consistency is something that human beings will naturally thrive off of. Like everybody has a routine. And if I know, Oh, I'm going into work today with like Sarah and Jack, like, Oh, okay. Like I'm going to have like a good shift, but if it's like a bunch of new people and I don't know a damn thing about them, and we're not equipped to work together, you're not going to be set up to succeed. It's Jess again, just interrupting the show to remind you all to check out rockauto.com and head on over to rockauto.com to find all the things for your car. My boyfriend recently ordered an antenna for his car since the aggressive snow brushing and car washes had finally gotten to it and bent it, and Rock Auto sent it right away. There was no issue and type how uh, type locked on in their how did you hear about us section at rockauto.com. See, that's funny too, because like the Vegas Golden Knights, they were an expensive franchise and they gelled. They just gelled right, right. away. We all thought they were going to be this like team who were going to be like in the bottom 10 of the NHL. And look at that. You put, you get a good coach in Gerard Gallant. Oh. You have these guys gel together and Look where they are now. They're expected to be in the Stanley Cup Finals pretty much every single year now. And I think that that was – I don't want to say a fluke because, no, but you take a bunch of, like, fourth liners and you put them all together and you can come up with a team who 
yeah. made the Stanley Cup in their first season. But I just think that shows you, like, there are good coaches out there. And the fact that Gallant still hasn't been hired is, I, I don't know. I, like, is there something that we don't know? Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Like I, my brain is always like, Ooh, investigate, but I don't have the sources, but I just, I don't know what the future holds for Buffalo. Yeah. And I just, I, I feel bad for you guys because you know, it's just like, you guys have like one good month and you're like, hell yeah, this is it. And then you're like, all right, well, I guess. Yeah. And is there one thing in particular that you think that the uh, I almost said the Flames that the Sabers need? Like, is it goaltending? I no offense, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no, goaltending is definitely a factor. Um, if it's not the biggest factor, it is it's definitely a factor. Um, obviously, Allmark going down really mm-hmm. took our chances away of making a run for the playoffs. And then Carter Hutton, my God, that was a bad sign. I mean, he was good. He was good for like the first couple months for like going back to his first season here and then last year too. And then it's just been, he's been, I, I get it, like he's a back of goalie for life, but I don't know. Um, He said last year that he was getting laser, laser eye surgery or whatever he was. And that hasn't helped him, I guess. I mean, like I said, I, I hate hating on players because I root I root for everyone here. Like I don't want to feel like I want to have like a left out player, but he's just not good at goalie. And now I feel like they should have made a move for like a Mark Andre Fleury or some of these guys. Yeah. Um. So going, I feel next season's gonna be fun because, well, not fun, but interesting, I should say. Um, All Mark is probably gonna, is gonna be their starter, hopefully. Um. And there's also a prospect goalie named Uga Pekalukunen or Uga Pekalukunen. And I'm not sure how much you know about him, but I don't know anything about him. He's a very tall goalie. He's oh, a very okay. big goalie. Like Ben um, Bishop tall? Yeah, he's a, okay. he's a big boy. Um, I'm not sure if he's tall as Bishop, but he's definitely big. Um, yeah. He's still in the AHL. He actually had a rough outing against Utica the other day, I think it was. I think he had like seven goals, but it, hey, it happens. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm hopeful for you guys. I I really do hope that um, things change. And I know that everybody says, "Oh, like a rebuild, it only takes a few years." And but this has been ten years, and I'm sure as a season ticket holder, not to flex on the pod real quick, but. You're probably like like you ride or die for your sports teams. I oh, yeah. I see it. You are a diehard Bills fan, and when when it's safe, we are going to a game together. I will make yeah, that but... trip out there, and I just like I. I think that it's good to see that you know you still have passion for your team even when they suck. Yeah, and. I don't know. I just, I want them to start winning for you. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> you and your, and fans like you, I know your mom loves them too. And I'm sure your dad, like, can we just have a sliver of success for you guys? That's, 
it's funny you say it because I grew up when the Bills were bad. Yeah. Um, the 18 year playoff or 17 year playoff drought. And I grew up when the series were good. Um, the 05 and 06 and 06, 07 years were amazing. That was when they were like one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And a couple of years of oh, no playoffs. And then um, obviously we played the Boston in 2010, I think it was that, that season. And then the Flyers, which was our last playoff appearance in 2011. So I grew up with mediocre sports here in Buffalo. And now with the Bills being good, like, I try to remain humble. I try to remain, like, hungry for the future. But, like, when we went London Division this year, that was my first time seeing my team win anything. Right. <laughs> like, and, that's how bad it is here in Buffalo. And, you know, I I'm not a football fan. I – Grew up in New England, but I just, I never really took an interest in it. But seeing how the Patriots owned Buffalo year mm-hmm. after year for my, my entire childhood, basically. And me. then to see the Bills go out and do what they did and make the playoffs and things like, like I don't, it's just, it's nice to see. And I think that it's refreshing and when you have a team that is good or that's bad for a really long time and you finally start getting that taste of winning, it makes them hungrier. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the flames, the sabers and the bills all go out and start, start that hunger and feed it because I'm just, I, I don't know. Sports are just so weird where, or something else like anything can happen but yeah, for sure. i'm hopeful that the uh the sabers will go out and hire somebody out of the market or out of their organization and they'll they'll start making a change whether it be that consistency that discipline that they need in practice the training like the fundamentals you yeah. cannot go anywhere if you are not fielding ground balls and you you know you're not (laughs) you're not shooting the puck you're not like I don't know it's just like the basics I think every team kind of needs that right now and could it be because they haven't really had training camp you know like they don't really have the uh, they didn't have the opportunity to mesh with the new guys as quickly as they could have with you know those two weeks or whatever it is but yeah, that's really all I have to offer today. <laughs> I just want to say the Sabres just traded one of their goalies to Colorado. Looks like uh, Jonas Johansson looks like he's on his way to the Avalanche. Oh. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Interesting. Okay. I just want to say one more thing about um, the Sabres here. Yeah, but, no, take awesome. the floor. It's all yours. Um, Like I said, I hope they do have a culture change. And if it requires trading away your Jack Eye goal, I don't want them to do it or Sam Reinhart. But if you get those pieces back who are going to help your team and build mm-hmm. around like the Victor Olofsons, the Dylan Cousins of your team, then you might take a chance. Obviously, we're Red Sox fans, and we saw it with Mookie Betsy and Yeah, I know. Big oof. Um, it's painful, but if it means success in your future, then do it. Right. And, you know, like when you do trade away those big names – like Mookie it like you said it stings it hurts and it's 
going to hurt for a season or two until you know those pieces kind of form together but like it it might be worth it it could be worth it in the long run i mean they did they did trade ryan o'reilly and got nothing back for him so that's also bad thing well you know we we can just ignore that (laughs) oh yeah okay i know where you're going with that now yeah, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the club. We don't talk to St. Louis Blues if you're in Boston. Look at that. Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Of course. I know that we have talked about this for months. I'm like, Zach, when you're coming on the podcast, when you're coming on the podcast, and you would say, Just when am I coming on? We needed something to bond over and firing. Bad coaches <laughs> is what it took. My but sign, my sign finally paid off that work that I post yes. on social media every single day. So where can people find you on social media and some of your work? So I you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Jeziero underscore 13. Z-A-C-H-J-E-Z-I-O-R-O underscore 13. Um, I work with Couch Guy Sports, sports running. I'm also on Instagram. Facebook. I know no one really uses Facebook nowadays anymore, but um, I'm mainly on Twitter, so you can find me on there. You can see me tweet about the Sabres and pain, and I tweet about the Bills and glory. It's funny. It's like different seasons here in Buffalo. It's like spring and summer. Yep. Or in the winter and summer here. But yeah, um, be on Twitter. Post some funny stuff on there once in a while. Your Twitter is hilarious, and I highly recommend following Zach. Um, Appreciate that. Of course. And read his work. Uh, he pours his heart and soul into his writing. And I think that even non-Buffalo sports fans can appreciate what he's writing and things like that. So appreciate that. Thank you very much. Of course. And I will definitely have to have you back on again. And we will reevaluate, <laughs> uh, you know, the situation in Buffalo probably closer to the end of the season and as the playoffs roll around because you know playoffs (laughs) unfortunately it doesn't look like buffalo will be making the playoffs but it uh, honestly calgary could not make the playoffs either so we could we could have a cry fest together so sweet thank you again zach and we'll catch you next time